This time I am thrilled to be chatting to Shane Nathan, who is a serial entrepreneur and founder of SNG Unlimited, which is a thriving digital marketing consulting firm. But that's not all. He's also been running businesses online since 2007, and in that time has amassed a huge amount of knowledge. Oh, and there is one other thing. Shane is also the general manager of Warrior Plus, the well-known and well-loved online platform. Shane, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. Let's start, though, in time-honored tradition by asking a little bit more about you and your background. So, I, I my background is actually in music education. I have a, I come from a long line of um, orchestra conductors and musicians and composers, and so I, um, after graduating from um, from school, I was a private teacher. So I was teaching musicians on piano and the string bass and classical guitar. Um, and as an entrepreneur at heart and a teacher at heart at the same time, I was trying to think about how I could scale up my business. And I, you could only teach so many students. You know, I had scaled up already like the type of student. So I was at this point teaching college level students and you know, they would pay the most so to speak, um, but you, you can't teach a thousand students in a week, right? You can only teach so many. So how, how, to scale up my business, I thought I should bring this online. And this was at a time when doing that was a little bit unorthodox, like 2006 or so, people were still a little bit wary of even using their credit card online all the time. It, it, it wasn't full of all the membership type of sites and courses that we have today. But I thought if I could sell my music education if i could pre-record some lessons and write some ebooks i can sell i can reach you know millions of students across the world and then that's an easy way for me to scale up and teach more people and so that's what i did i wrote some ebooks on how to play the piano and then i ended up venturing out and doing guitar and bass and stuff like that and what i did was um i didn't know anything about marketing so I didn't know how to reach people, the students who wanted to learn. So what I did was I ended up finding internet marketers um, via the Warrior Forum. So I found the Warrior Forum and hung out there and tried to learn as much as I could about just regular marketing to market my courses. And then I realized that I could sell my courses with PLR, which is private label rights, to other marketers, which means they would buy it from me and then they would go and sell it to students because they would have the rights from me to sell to resell it um and so in that way i was able to break into digital marketing without being in the digital marketing niche which is usually a challenge that a lot of people face they're like how can i you know how can i have authority in the digital marketing niche when i'm just learning digital marketing myself mm -hmm. so i didn't want to be one of those guys so i i actually um built my reputation with other digital marketers by delivering high quality um, courses that they could resell. And then so time went on, I couldn't afford a copywriter to even sell the PLR. So I had to learn how to write copy myself. Luckily, it's a creative sort of art. Um, and being a creative person, I was able to slowly, slowly, um, study and practice and get better at copy and marketing and then 
I said to myself, well, I'm a teacher at heart, but obviously I could make a lot more money teaching marketing than I could teaching music. So I started coaching people on on various marketing and copywriting uh, topics that I had learned and practiced and put into, you know, and had proof that I had results from it as well at that point. And it just it just blew up from there. So I never really thought I would get, I, you know, I never really thought I would be in this in this uh, industry. So it's more of a happy accident, is it, than than by design? Definitely. Wow. Well, I mean, you've done so much, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, obviously, SNG Unlimited Inc. is is perhaps one of the um, uh, the key parts to your to your business empire these days. Could you tell us a little bit about that and and what what you do and how you set that up? Yeah. So in 2012, I had already been um, selling my music courses and with resale rights, and then coaching students and writing various eBooks on on marketing and all that kind of stuff and i decided that a corporation made sense uh not only for tax purposes but for legal purposes and just uh professional reasons and so i i at the time i i was still doing several things like in order to have multiple streams of income um so I was doing all those things I mentioned online, but occasionally I still had a music student or a music student that was with me for many years that I was hard to let go of or they needed occasional help. Um, I, I've had my real estate license for many years. So it made sense for me to have a corporation so that all the payments I was receiving wasn't just coming to my, my, my name and, uh, it was it's confusing you know for tax purposes here for you know the irs and the government it's confusing for them when a bunch of stuff comes to your name (laughs) so i i incorporated and that's sng unlimited so sng is my initials nathan is actually my middle name um oh really okay (laughs) yeah so right and and when i first started online in like oh six oh five oh six like I said, putting your credit card online was a little bit wary. Uh, people were skeptical. At, when I started on the Warrior Forum, I didn't really know if how safe it was. So I was afraid of someone stealing my identity or copying me or scamming me or whatever. So I had used my middle name. And as a result, after building a reputation, I couldn't really change back to my other name because then people would be like, who is this guy? So... People, people knew, so many people knew me as Shane Nathan that it, it just stuck. Um, and my last name, honestly, I got made fun of for a long time when I was a kid. So that was another reason, just to be honest. Uh, but anyway, so SNG are my initials. SNG Unlimited. It's unlimited because it, it covers, it's a co- sort of an umbrella corporation that covers all the different activities that I do. And it also means that there's, you know, all the liability is on me, unlimited, as opposed to a limited liability corporation. Um, and so that's the story of SNG. In terms of the, um, you know, the businesses that you've built up, obviously you've been online now for, you know, many years, almost, what's that, 17, 18 years. Um, you must have been, you know, enjoyed many successes along the way, but also have you had any bumps in the road, any setbacks that you've encountered? Definitely, definitely. Um, man, there's too, there's too many to list, but I've definitely, I mean, I've definitely had a lot of bumps I've had failed launches that, you know, you think it's going to sell like a blockbuster and then launch time comes and there's there's not enough affiliate support. And because the numbers coming out the gate don't look fantastic, it's hard to get additional affiliate support. Um, 
so yeah, I've I've had failed um, launches. I've had, let's see, I've had clients uh, in the past. So when I first started, I also was into SEO. Um, I was consulting for some major uh, hotels down here. I live in South Florida, so some hotels in like Miami and Hollywood had um, hired me to consult them on both SEO and pay-per-click marketing. So at the time, a lot of these hotels were just starting to put themselves on Expedia and TripAdvisor, and they didn't know how to optimize their campaigns or, or even put themselves on there, on those sites. So I I had uh, quite a few clients and a, and a good reputation, but, you know, you can't please everybody. So there were a few times where you know, uh, and this is why I got out of the SEO business is it's it's very unclear um, sometimes to clients what you're what you're delivering. So, um, you know, SEO is a process. Sometimes it could take months. Uh, it could take weeks of research. It could take months of optimizing and you're not guaranteed to ever get on page one, especially back then in, in 2006, we were all just figuring out the algorithms as we went along. And, and luckily I had great results for most of my clients, but you had the occasional client that was like, you know, hey, I paid you uh, so-and-so amount of money and uh, I was expecting to be number one on the first page of Google within two weeks. And you're like, well, wait a second, that was, that's not even possible. But, um, but, their, but their expectations were, were that high. I mean, it, it's interesting to be on a shame because obviously a lot of people that look to start an online business they they obviously hear the success stories along the way it's really nice to hear you know be so candid about the fact that yeah on occasion things don't work out the way that you would expect um uh, but obviously you have had huge successes as well one of the things that you have mastered is the art of short email copy first could you maybe just explain what short email copy is and then also how you've managed to perfect it sure yeah that's a great question so um Short cop email copy is pretty self-explanatory. It's you know when you send out an email uh, for marketing purposes, um, keeping it short. So a lot of people tend to think that they need to go on for a really long time in an email uh, or in any sort of copy, uh, sales copy on a sales letter or a sales page or a landing page or in an email. They need they tend to over-explain and oversell. Um, another thing is sometimes when people hire an email copywriter and they pay them, they don't really want to receive a short piece of email copy because then it, then they're kind of like, what did I pay for? So there's like this weird balance there that sometimes writers are even overwriting or writing too much, too long of copy just because they want their their client to feel like they, you know, they did work and they delivered, you know, enough words, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so the purpose of short email copy, though, <clears throat> the purpose of any email copy is to get someone to click on the link that's in the email because or or to take an, an action. Right. So just for, for listeners, and I'm sure people know this already, but just in case, um, you know, the, the difference between content and copy is that content could be anything from a story to um, an interesting article or news whereas copy is always trying to get someone to take some sort of action even if it's just you know reply to this email or, or like this post or comment or share or follow 
something like that. But but normally it's to click on a link, and the link usually goes somewhere that's going to sell something or get someone to put in their email, you know, sign up as a lead to something else. So mm-hmm. our goal as email copywriters is to get people to click out of that email, uh, because if they just read the email, then that's not enough for. You know, that, that doesn't accomplish the goal. Now, it used to be that the main goal was to get as many opens as possible because if people don't open your email, um, they can't click on, on what's inside. However, open rates are no longer trustworthy. They no longer are accurate and they don't mean anything because Gmail opens every email anyway before you open it. So as far as the email providers are concerned, because they check, they scan the images that are in the emails, they check it for viruses and stuff. So as, so on, on, from an email marketer or email deliverability optimization specialist point of view, for example, when they're looking at data, all they see is that Google and Gmail opens every single email. So nowadays, open rates aren't really predictable anymore. So you can kind of see an aggregate of open rates and, and see that they, you know, over time, oh, this type of email works better than this type of email. But on a, on, a, on a single email level, it doesn't matter. So the most important thing is how many click-throughs are you getting? So the, the purpose of short emails is to get that click as soon as possible. Um, you know, you want, if you're sending someone to an article that you just wrote or a blog post or a Facebook post that you want them to like and share or a sales page, you want them to buy something, you might as well get them there as soon as possible because they have to take additional actions when they get there that you want them to take. You probably want them to click on another link on your page to go to the checkout page or, you know, there's there's a lot involved. And so I'm a strong advocate, a strong believer and a, and a fierce advocate of, of short copy, short copy in general, but especially when it comes to emails. Now, as far as how I've mastered it, a lot of it is trial and error. So um, a few of my mentors and clients um, have been really big on split testing. Uh, and that has really helped me. Uh, one of my biggest email mentors, you know, he's extremely big on, on, on split testing and split testing everything, not just not just like what what other marketers say works, but just doing the opposite of what everyone says works and doing doing radical split testing. And so I've tested everything from just like a few sentences and then a link to, you know, more paragraphs and, you know, putting links uh, early on in the email and then you can have some some more copy and then another link afterwards. So basically just trial and error, split test. Split testing is so important because if you're not sending two or three emails at the same time for the same purpose and then seeing which one performs better, then you don't really know if the short email would have performed better than the long email or the medium yeah. email, and everyone's list is different. And what, what have you what have you found? You know, works <laughs> for you. I mean, it, it, as you say, can you if you put the link in earlier, does that seem to help with with conversions, or have you found that actually you need to establish the credibility, if you like, before you put the link for someone to click? You really have to establish curiosity more than credibility. I think in an email. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless it's like a really cold email, like you're sending an email to a business or something and you've never contacted them before. But in most cases, when you have an email list and a relationship, you want to capture their attention. You know, there has to be something novel and it has to induce curiosity. But yeah, the click early on works well if you're if you're inducing curiosity. But 
another thing that's really tough to balance is that everything has to be congruent. You could you could do clickbait, a clickbaity thing that gets everyone to click, but your conversion rate's going to be really low. So that balance between getting the click and then getting the click from people who are going to then you know most likely buy or at least be interested is even trickier because your message has to be congruent with what they're going to see on the sales page or on the post and it also has to you know you can't over promise anything or you can't you know you know you could write like a lot of people um these days like i see some email at, at warrior plus we see everything <laughs> and one of the things we've had an issue with is uh people will write two or three sentence emails but they're very misleading they'll be like click here to activate your com your commissions now you know your commissions are waiting click here to activate it or your account is going to be deleted click here to make sure you know you keep it active and when they click on it they end up at a sales page where they're prompted to buy something right and yeah yeah <laughs> right we've all been there we've all been and, there and <laughs> uh so th <laughs> yeah. the less congruent you are and the more shady you are stuff like that the more it ends up in you know refund rates and and stuff like that. I always tell people, and 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 a lot of people, you'd be surprised, don't don't think of it this way. But the best email metric to track is is the revenue, more so than the click or the open. You can have an email that gets you know only a hundred clicks and and makes X amount of revenue. You can get another email that gets five hundred clicks but makes a lot less revenue. And then you know obviously the the one that wins is the one that gives you the best results for whatever you're looking. Yeah, it's the dollars in the bank that count, really, isn't it? At the end of uh, any kind of email campaign, one thing that, that I guess is a key takeaway here, Shane, is the fact that you say that really the email isn't about selling a product; it's about selling the click. It's getting someone to to click that link, so that actually then, you know, you pre-qualify them. But once they've clicked that link, then you're selling the product on the web page, as opposed to actually trying to sell via the email. Am I right in thinking that? Yes, one hundred percent. There are there is an email style where you can actually try to get the sale right from within the email. So when they click, they're actually clicking on a checkout page, like straight to go put their credit card number in. Uh, I like that because there's less steps that you have to then force them to go through or ask them to go through. Um, but that's rare. Normally, that's once you've got a relationship kind of established with the buyer. It doesn't really work so much in my experience anyway with, with cold traffic. It's normally when you've actually got a relationship already in place. I, again, is that what you found? Definitely when you have, especially for the thing I just mentioned, definitely would have to be more with a relationship. And, and, and all around too, relationship building is really important for any email campaign. Yeah. And for business in general, it's always a good thing, isn't it? Now, exactly. Um, if you were starting out now, now Shane, what, what would you do differently? Anything or, or, or nothing? Um, as a marketer in general? Yeah. I would say I would have um, focused more on really continuing to, to build and nurture uh, a list. A specific list so I have lists but like if someone could uh, you know if I could go back with all the knowledge that I have now I would put a lot of energy into from day one building the list continuing to build it and continuing to optimize it and and nurture the relationship because okay. at the end of the day the bigger your list is uh, uh, assuming that they're they're all people that trust you and you have a relationship with the bigger your list is 
every time you send an email out, the more clicks you're going to get, the more money you're going to make, the more traffic, whatever it is you're looking for. Sure, sure, absolutely. Good advice. Now, um, in the introduction, I mentioned that you're the GM for Warrior Plus, a platform that connects entrepreneurs with customers. How did that come about? So that was another happy accident, actually. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. So I was uh, selling those various things that I created, music courses and marketing-related courses. Uh, and I was selling them on Warrior Plus because I had built a name for myself on the Warrior Forum, which, by the way, the, you know, Warrior Plus and the Warrior Forum were never the same entity. Uh, you know, Warrior Plus was just like a a way for people on the Warrior Forum to that sold products to have affiliates for the first time. You know, Mike Mike Lance he created a whole industry. Basically, that's a whole other story for for another time or another question. But I, you know, I was a vendor on Warrior Plus for a long time, and come 2013 or 2014 so that i had already been a vendor there for seven years i had an issue with one of my offers uh the tech team the couldn't figure it out basically my customers weren't getting the product after they bought it even though the, everything was set up correctly in warrior plus um essentially i i discovered a weird glitch that was only happening on my offer but it was it was a glitch on on warrior plus's side so it escalated all the way to Mike. I got on Skype with Mike for the first time. I had always been a big fan of Mike's and he was always elusive, you know, mysterious guy behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. And so we were chatting and um, it really opened my eyes to how great of a guy Mike really was. I, I had always heard stories, but like how generous and kind and how much integrity he really had. Like he... He took care of the issue and he fixed it right away and he sent me this huge refund in fees that I had been paying over time that not only was I not expecting, but almost like wasn't necessary. You know, I was like, wow, you didn't have to send me that big of a, I was just expecting, you know, the, the issue to be fixed, not yeah, wasn't even yeah. expecting a refund. So we hit it off and we kept talking and he was like, you know, I really need help at Warrior Plus and I jumped at the opportunity you know normally i was not an employee type person um you know being a hardcore entrepreneur my whole life and you know my dad was an entrepreneur everything so uh but i also don't really have a big ego about it so i was like i was thrilled i was like a fanboy you know it was <laughs> really like, it was almost <laughs> like um you know, you're a seller on eBay and then eBay asks you to come work for them or like come help, you know, design their policy and work behind the scenes. Now, that wouldn't attract be attractive for everyone. But for me, I was like so thrilled about that. I was a big fan of Warrior Plus, big fan of Mike Lance and the idea of, of being on the team or working behind the scenes with Mike in any capacity was really appealing. So actually, like, I think nine months or more went by, though, before we ever, both either of us took action on it. Like, I, I may have pinged him a few times and said, hey, that thing we were talking about, and he wasn't ready, and he may have pinged me, and I was like, oh, I'm traveling or something. And we, we finally got together, and um, my role has just, like, evolved a lot since then. So I, I originally came on board to try to help him with certain operational items as well as marketing. And I knew every, like, I, I not say every, but I knew so many of our vendors and our affiliates. 
and also vendors and affiliates from outside of our space that my initial role was to help recruit some new vendors and affiliates and help out with operational stuff. But over time, um, I basically ended up taking over tasks that Mike would do that he didn't really want to do anymore, but he couldn't trust anybody to do them. But he wanted more free time in his own life. So over time, I took so many of those over that my schedule is really full, but he has like a lot of freedom now. <laughs> so, yeah. so that was my goal anyway. I wanted to make him, you know, I wanted to help him achieve that goal, which was a big goal of his to to be more hands-off at Warrior Plus. And Warrior Plus is, is still one of the, if not the biggest um, affiliate platform. And... Um, still is is used widely um across across the industry that must make you feel proud that it's continuing to grow and evolve yes really proud as much as we've grown since and i I can't believe it's almost been a decade since i've i've been here um but the amount in uh, which we've grown has been astonishing especially because we don't do a ton of aggressive marketing a lot of it is just working on our platform, creating new features and letting people know, hey, we're here for you. And we've grown like word of mouth like crazy. And, and may that continue uh, well into the future as well for you, Shane. Uh, what is next for you? So I am right now, um, obviously AI is really, is really big right now. Um, but as opposed to um, jumping on the bandwagon, I've actually been... Um, for a long time studying in the sidelines about prompt engineering. I'm sh- I don't know if you've heard the term, but um, you know, with the various AIs that are, that are out right now, chat GPT and uh, the image related ones, uh, as, you, as you know, um, how you prompt the AI is really what it, it all is about, right? So the, yeah. the output is, is, is only as good as the input. And so a lot of copywriters like me are studying how best to prompt it to get what we need done because now um, the, the playing field has been leveled a lot with copywriters, you know, uh, and, with, and with marketing in general and, and not even marketing, but even like students that are in college and anyone who does anything now, like the... The, the field has been leveled because everyone has access to chat GPT and various tools like it. So everyone is starting from the same quality. Like what I mean is everyone now can go to chat GPT and say, write me an email to promote uh, this podcast or this newsletter. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. If, and if they prompt it that way, everyone will have the same quality result. It'll pump out the same thing. So what's going to make the difference now now that the the whole game has changed and the standards are now level for everyone is how fast you can get a good result and how good of a result you can actually get um because people don't want to be asking chat gpt i think on average it's 88 prompts or to get what you want at at the end of it so Mm -hmm. speed is the name of the game and uh and also prompting it in an optimal way so like uh you know a lot of times the content that it produces is not doesn't sound human like so there are ways that you can prompt it and ask it to use 
high degrees of perplexity or different things that end up with the output being much more human-like, for example. And then copywriters have have skills that AI doesn't necessarily, like AI might have the knowledge, but it doesn't have the intuition to put it together when you're asking it to write copy, for example, to tap into the hidden keys of persuasion of the human mind, like that people need, for example, um, a few hidden keys of persuasion are like people need to, to feel needed. People yes. really enjoy feeling needed. People like being um people like being let in on secrets like hey let me tell you this thing and you're not supposed to know but i'm going to tell you you know (laughs) different different things like that you know if you prompt if you're writing a piece of copy using using ai to help you you know with ideas or outlines or even the copy itself by telling it to do that by telling it hey tap into this or or use this technique or write with a high degree of perplexity or or burstiness for example which is like sentence length, you know, use short sentences and long sentences and medium sized sentences and mix it all together, then you're coming out with stuff that's much more human like it might even pass the various AI checker tools that people run it by, you know, it might say this is not likely to be written by AI. If you if you uh, use it the right way, not not that you would be trying to trick anybody or sell someone a piece of content that is not supposed to be written by AI. But yeah. for per, for purposes of of uh, bypassing like search engines that might not rank your content if it if it thinks it's written by AI or something like that, for example. And so, copywriters and content writers and marketers who don't um, really familiarize themselves with these skills are going to be left behind. So I've been so you say, what's the future for me? I've been really studying this stuff, and I've also been building a couple products related to it. Uh, I have one where um, I've come up with subject line formulas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm making a software where you can type in a few details about what you're selling and, and it'll pump out a bunch of perfect subject lines for you to send in your emails. Um, so I've been just on hardcore studying mode and product creation mode. And, and that's, so the future for me, um, is basically continuing to be a serial entrepreneur is why I could have just said that. <laughs> and, 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 um, and also growth at Warrior Plus. You know, I, I Warrior Plus is like, it's really Mike's baby, but I also feel it's, it's like my nephew, you know? It's really yeah. like... You're co-parenting. I'm co-parenting and <laughs> it's part of my identity and I hope to be, you know, part of Warrior Plus for forever. And uh, yeah. Well, we hope so too, because I mean, you know, the the great work that you've been doing, Warrior Plus is such a exemplary platform for both buyers, sellers, and affiliates. So it's it's one of those things where all three things come together really, really nicely. So again, um, on behalf of I'm sure everybody who's who's listening to this or reading this uh, would say the same that Warrior Plus is is certainly a, a platform worthy of its status. Um, so you know we wish you the best with that. How can we find out more about you though, Shane? Where where can we go to find out more about about you? So ShaneNathan.com. Okay. Um, and then you can connect with me on Facebook. There should be a link from my website to my Facebook, but my Facebook is also uh, facebook.com slash Shane Nathan IM. IM is just for internet marketing. Um, and yeah, feel free to send me a friend request. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have, uh, 
a ton of uh, friend requests, so it should, it should be, should be <laughs> have a lot of follows. But uh, but uh, you know, if, if you send me a friend request and I see that we have some mutual friends or something, or if if you can somehow let me know that you were um, you know part of listening to this podcast, I'd love to add you, and then you can follow. You know, then you can see my stuff on Facebook. We can connect. Don't be shy. You can you know send me a send me a DM. Thank you, thank you, Shay. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, and uh, we wish you continued success. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. It means a lot that you made it to the very end. It shows you have what it takes to finish whatever you start, and that's a sure sign of success. But if you've enjoyed the interview, then don't forget to check out the show notes at www.internetmarketingpodcast.net, where you can also subscribe. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.